Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys, their work-life balance journeys, so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, welcome back. I'm so thankful that you decided to tune into another episode. If you are new to One of a Kind You, welcome, welcome. I'm equally excited to have you here as well. Uh, and I'm so grateful to have you stop by and check it out to see what it's all about. The way that this podcast works is that I read a journal entry of mine from about six years ago and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. And so without further ado, here we go. This journal entry is from June 14th, 2016. It's a snippet of a very long journal entry, Um, but I write... The readings and Journey to the Heart are always so insightful and uplifting. The reading from Saturday has been on my mind. The author talks about the importance of being honest with yourself. It will help you with connecting to how you really feel. She asks, what are you feeling deep down inside? Is it feeling scared, hurt, abandoned? She says, by being honest with yourself, it is the way to joy, the way to the heart. I've been thinking a lot, as I usually do, about what I am feeling deep down inside. It is fear, hurt, abandonment. I fear that people don't like me, judge me, or disapprove of me. I feel hurt for all the things that that I've experienced in my past. My past has been filled with pain and sadness. My family is mostly to blame, but friends and other people have also contributed. I also fear not being enough, not good enough, not pretty enough, not capable enough, not patient enough, and on and on and on. I feel abandoned because very few people stood by me when I was with Marcus. I understand that most people aren't equipped to do so. The love and support I receive is conditional. Looking back, it always has been. Pete, the girls, and the dogs are the only ones that truly give me unconditional love. That is a hard pill to swallow. I'm learning to accept it because in the end, that is all I really need. I'm hoping this level of honesty will help me to continue healing and allow me to live the life I want and to be the mom I aspire to be. So, um, I think this honesty that I had with myself was very skewed. Um, It was skewed because... I was still going to therapy at this time. Actually, no, I probably stopped therapy at this point or was getting very close to stopping therapy. And um, the the focus on of therapy was just so negative and I was stuck in this negative space. And I was so focused on all the things that had happened in the past that I was really not focused on the present. And so because I was so focused on everything in the past, any slight problem, anything that felt off, felt wrong, felt it was all just magnified to this unrealistic degree. And I was just so hypersensitive. And honestly, there are some family members where they do love me unconditionally, but they didn't express that. And because there was a disconnection there, it felt conditional. And so because they weren't equipped to love unconditionally in a way that wasn't disconnected. And so what I, what I think about this, when I read this post and I think about where I was, I just think that the focus was so much on the external to make me feel internally validated. It was so focused on, on everyone else, but myself. And on some level, I wasn't taking responsibility for me. It was easy to say, oh, it was everybody else. That's why I'm miserable. That's why I feel fear, hurt, and abandonment. But there were so many times where I actually abandoned myself at the expense of getting this external validation because I was so afraid of 
people judging me or not liking me or disapproving of me. But honestly, that happens all the time and I'm still standing. <laughs> like I've lived through it. And so really what I didn't know at the time was that I really needed to connect with myself in terms of like figuring out who I am, who am I as a person? What do I want to do regardless of how people will perceive me, regardless of what people think of me? Because at the end of the day, you're never going to please everybody. There's always going to be one person who doesn't agree with you, who doesn't think highly of you, who thinks you made a mistake, who thinks you could do better, be better, whatever the case may be. There's always going to be someone. You might not know of that person immediately, but there's always someone. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's really their own issue because if they are having an issue with you, you're magnifying something within them that's making them feel comfortable, uncomfortable about themselves. That's usually what it comes down to. Or you're shining in a way that they wish they could and they can't or they're not ready to. So it's easier for them to say things that are unkind you know, tearing you, tearing us down to build themselves up. And so I didn't have to be stuck in this place of pain and sadness and sorrow and fear and all of this stuff. I did not know how to manage my emotional state. And so this is such a, um, I've talked about it before, but it's so important because if I had managed my emotional state, I would have been in such a different place at this point. I would not be stuck on these things because I cannot go back and change anything. I just can't. Like the past is done and what's done is done. So what I needed to do was focus on how I wanted to show up for myself in that day regardless of all those bad things. Because yes, on some level they do shape us, but I was allowing them to shape me to believe that I was this weak unlovable, disliked, incapable person when that was the farthest thing from the truth. So I needed to focus my thoughts not on what had happened in the past, not on what could even happen in the future, but what's happening in the now and stop the negative self-talk of how awful life is because I really had a lot to be grateful for and happy about at this time. I really honestly did. And the crazy part is I didn't really know how um, I was not this miserable and downtrodden until I went to therapy. I was upset. I was defeated and lost, honestly, um, <clears throat> the last three years of my teaching career. And then it kind of hit rock bottom when I left teaching. But when I went to therapy, it was not to, I'll say, dredge up things from the past at all. And on some level it had to be dredged up because we were, you know, I was miserable in that moment and it was because of past experiences and the story I was telling myself about me in that moment, in that time for leaving my teaching career and it related to the past. But what was happening was that every single session was so focused on all the bad, all the fear, all the pain, all the abandonment, all the abuse, all of that stuff. And there was never any really talk about how to move forward from it. Aside from carry invisible scissors in your pocket to cut the string of codependency. Carry your invisible Pam spray to spray yourself so the codependency just slides right off so it doesn't have time to attach a string to you. <clears throat> but that was it. 
you know, the counselor did suggest meditation and yoga, which those were honestly the starting points of game changing for me in terms of letting go and releasing. But that was really it. There wasn't a whole lot more that she offered me to get out of this place aside from medication. And that was really her ultimate solution was the meds. And so um, this is, I think, why energy work was so helpful at this point in time, because I had just started dabbling in energy work because I had, I met, um, uh, an energy worker at the Cecil College Mind Body Spirit Fest in January of 2016. And I had been for Reiki several times at this point. And it was, I could feel a difference in myself. I honestly, truly could. And it was because I had all this stagnant, stuck energy in my energetic spaces, in my chakras, in my root chakra. And that was one of the reasons I felt this fear of abandonment and fear and hurt was because I didn't feel safe because of the stories that I was telling myself. And it wasn't a physical safety because my husband never, ever, ever, ever even has come close to putting a hand on me. So it wasn't the, the physical, it didn't, it wasn't that I was lacking physical safety. Now in my relationship with the high school boyfriend, Marcus, yes, the root chakra was out of whack because there was no physical safety there. There was no emotional safety. There was no mental safety. But now I was at a place where I had mental and emotional safety, so to speak, or um, physical safety. Um, I just didn't have the mental and the emotional piece because I didn't know how to give that to myself. And so going for this energy work, it was really starting to clear out all the stagnant energy. And it was putting my chakras back into alignment because they were out of balance. So um, because I didn't feel safe, I was I was stuck. I, my creative you know, life force wasn't there. I had a hard time using my voice and speaking up for myself. I was not living in a heart-centered space. I was living in a fear-centered, fear-based place. And that was one of the reasons that this book that I mentioned in the beginning of the journal entry, Journey to the Heart, was so amazing for me because um, it's written by Melody Beattie. She is one of the pioneering experts in codependency. I've, you know, devoured all of her books when I was first in therapy years ago learning the word codependency when I had never heard it before. And so, um, this book is like a devotional book. You, it has a passage for every day of the year. And, um, and I still read it six years later. I, every year I started over and sometimes I can remember the passages because I've read it so often now, but that sometimes I read them and it's like, I'm reading them for the first time. And I just love that about it. But She, you know, has going through all of the inner work that she's done. She's very connected to her heart space. She's very connected to staying out of her head and living through her heart, her gut, what feels right for her because it's what her mind, body, and soul needs. And I was not living in a heart centered space at all. I was definitely living through my thoughts constantly, constantly, constantly. And so that's where the Reiki, the energy work was so pivotal and starting, you know, to dabble, um, with crystals, learning about them because the energy from the crystals too. So, um, are, is really powerful. And so with those energetic tools, I could feel myself shifting, but I could not, um, I didn't know how to get out of my head yet. And that was because my thoughts were all consuming, all consuming 24, seven, 365. 
I lived in these negative, horrific thoughts. So I had convinced myself that my husband didn't love me, even though here I'm like, he loves me unconditionally. But uh, the slightest, you know, furrow of his brow, I was like, that's it. We're getting divorced. You know, the second my kids started to throw a fit or whine or whatever, I was like, it's because they don't love me. I'm a horrible mother. They hate me. They wish that someone else was their mother. And it was so crazy town. And it was so crazy that it just, it literally all spiraled from the dialogue, the repeated dialogue every single week and therapy, excuse me. And so, um, had I known back then how powerful the stories are that we tell ourselves, I would have flipped this script faster than you can blink an eye. I would not have continued to tell myself this horrific story because as I read that, I'm like, gosh, Kim, you really think that life was rough. I mean, I did not have a cakewalk of a childhood, but let me tell you five and a half years in a physically, mentally, verbally, emotionally abusive relationship from 15 to 21 is also not a cakewalk. But I know that there are people out there who have had far more horrific things occur in their life and not to minimize what I went through because it's my truth. And those experiences have gotten me to where I am today. But my God, I am so doom and gloom. And when I read back on this, I'm like, wow, that is really unhealthy, really unhealthy to continue week after week, day after day, um, you know, focus on all the things that I didn't have. But honestly, I did have a lot growing up. I went on vacations. You know, my dad is very much about experiences. So, you know, seventh grade, he took my cousin and me and my stepmom on a cruise. I was seasick the whole time, but that was incredible to see the Bahamas and go snorkeling and see these exotic fish and this crystal clear blue, beautiful water. I mean, not many people at 12 could say that they've had that experience. You know, we, I've been to Canada at 10. We went to the beach. We took trips to Florida, California. I mean, we, we traveled every year, Virginia, Um, growing up, my dad played board games with me. You know, my mom, when I was with her, she would take me to my dance classes or my baton classes. So I got to do extracurriculars too. Not a lot, but I did get to do some. And, you know, I didn't, I was spoiled. I didn't lack for anything. So when I look back, it's like him, it wasn't horrific. I think the thing that I missed the most was probably the emotional, um, the unconditional emotional support that I needed. And that was what I didn't get. So it was, yes, physical needs were met. Absolutely. Um, mental needs were met. Absolutely. I had books. I had things to challenge my mind. I was encouraged to, to, uh, like explore and learn and take in new information. It was the emotional aspect. And so, and that's huge because that's one third of our, you know, triangular emotion or our triangular self, if you want to put it into a triangle diagram. So I really, I really did miss something, but with the way that I write, whoa, too much, Kim, too much, reel it in. And so if you are struggling with the same thoughts that, that I did at this point in time, I would say energy work. If you're open to receiving energy work, I do take, I do work with clients distance, um, do energy work via distance. So we, you know, connect on zoom with, um, I can send crystal energy. I can do Reiki energy and I can do, um, IET, which is hands-on healing, but with angel energy. And I've sent Reiki all the way to Germany. I have had a client in Minnesota. And then I send it to a client that I have in Pennsylvania. We're only, you know, an hour and a half away from each other. But it's easier for her 
to um, to receive it via distance healing. So um, energy work no, no it knows no boundaries. So um, if you're open to energy work, I would be honored to um, to do energy work for you, but also to really check the story that you're telling yourself. If you're so focused on the past and you're constantly thinking and analyzing in your head, I would challenge you to cut that. Stop the play button and pause and check in with yourself and see if that story that you're telling still feels relevant. And of course, it felt relevant for me in this time, even though it wasn't entirely relevant. But check it. How relevant does it feel? And then cut it. So um, thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope that you found this episode helpful. And if you would leave a review, I would so greatly appreciate it because I take time to read all the reviews so that I can ensure that this podcast is a place of support and guidance and really a resource. So thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.